welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month and one dies a little each time. My name is Cindy. I'm Josh. Hey! Spoiler alert, I don't die. (laughs) I kind of do. Even this stupid burning got a good jump scare in me. This month we are exploring movies uh, where you have a summer vacation that takes a bit of a turn. We started the month out with uh, The Burning, as I said, and this week we are continuing by watching... Midsummer. Now, <laughs> this movie is so. This is my. Long. This is my first baby, my oldest, absolute favorite movie. Um, Not anymore. I oh, is it no? Now it's Pearl, no, it, isn't it? No, it's X, which is that's even worse. We'll get to that. Um, I'm aware how insane that is, but uh, it's in line with him. Uh, I think. <laughs> okay, so tell me about Midsummer. Or should I tell you what I already know and then you correct me? Well, let's just, we'll do 2019 real fast. Okay. We're count 2019. Oh, before the pandemic. Right? COVID kind of happened at the end of that year. Yeah. We're like, Um, what is that? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, If you're keeping score at home, it's a year of unrest in Venezuela. It was the second case of HIV remission uh, reported. Julian Assange was arrested. Uh, The Notre Dame Cathedral burned. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Theresa May resigned as prime minister. Um, there was a massacre in the Sudan. A uh, hundred protesters were killed by Sudanese soldiers. Yeah. Um, Hong Kong protests got into full fucking swing that year mm. and continued through 2020. Uh, Francisco Franco, notable, terrible human uh, and fascist, was exhumed from, I apologize, I do not speak Spanish, the Valle de los Caidos, uh, which is a giant... Um, site that was built to honor the dead that disappeared during his regime and he was buried at it as like a tomb <laughs> That's for him. awful. And yeah. people were like, can we dig this piece of shit up and have him buried somewhere else? So he was they were like, yeah, let's exhumed and buried with his wife. Um, hopefully in hell. <laughs> wow. Uh, Japan's Shuri Castle burned. And fun fact, Western world, we didn't talk about that. All we talked about was the Notre Dame. Right. Because, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, white white impeached. America for the first time. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> it would have been funner if something had been done about it. Jamal Khashoggi was murdered uh, in that Saudi consulate in Istanbul. Yes. Yeah, and Still. COVID. Yep. Uh, we didn't really gain anyone that year, but we sadly That we lost, know of. Well, yet. Of note. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we lost Doris Day, Albert Finney, Carol Channing, Rip mm. Torn. Rucker Hauer, Tim Conway, and Peter Fonda. I have my Carol Channing signature right over there. I love Carol Channing. Oh, mm-hmm. loved her. I love Rucker Hauer. See, <laughs> it was a hard year for all of us. It was not a good year for... Um, Movie-wise, in case you can't remember 2019, it was Avengers Endgame. Sorry, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> uh, us, Toy Story 4, Knives Out, Book Smart, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Little Women, Parasite, which won the Best Picture... Ready or not, 1917, Doctor Sleep, Jojo Rabbit, The Lighthouse. Jojo Rabbit was the last movie I saw in the theaters before COVID. That's crazy. Um, fucking The Lighthouse. Uh, <laughs> and Uncut Gems. I saw Uncut Gems. I saw The Lighthouse that year. I saw Jojo Rabbit that year. I saw Doctor Sleep that year. I saw 19. I saw all these. Yeah, movies before the, before the pandemic. <sighs> Damn it. Yeah, we saw all the um, time. 
Okay, let's talk about this insanely fucking long movie. How long um, is it officially? It This movie is two hours and 28 minutes Jesus. long. Because we are not watching the director's extended cut, which um, I, I bought I your child, which is like a half an hour longer. Can't do it. Okay. Um, I'm not watching a three hour midsummer cut. I'm sorry. I did it once just to see it. I've done it. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> um, this movie is rated R. Uh, it was released on July 3rd okay. of 2019. Um, yeah, it is written and directed by Ari Aster, who would who had just done Hereditary and who has since done Foe is Afraid, which is also long as fuck. Man, A24. This is an A24 movie. Right? Ah, yes. Um, so it, it's, it's really good. It's really well made. Um, it's really long. <laughs> <laughs> There's the hallmarks of the A24. I very purposefully am putting, I put a very short movie before this. Yep. And I'm very the purposefully burning. putting a very short and fun movie after this. Because uh, we are gonna have fun after we get done with this movie. Okay. Not saying that this is a bad movie. This, this is not a fun one. Right. Um, it stars Florence Pugh. Yes. Uh, as Danny, she is a British actress, but is best known for the movie Fighting with My Family, which is the WWE Page current AEW uh, wrestler Soraya's life story. Ah, that's uh, what she's, she's best known for. Eh? Black Widow's sister in the Black Widow movie. Uh, she's in that Don't Worry Darling movie, and she's in Dune Part Two. Um, I think if you ask most people, what do you know Florence Pugh from? They're going to say Midsummer. Yeah. So there you go. And then Jack Rayner plays Christian. Um, he's an Irish actor who is best known for this movie, Transformers Age of Extinction, uh, Ben Wheatley's Free Fire, and most importantly, a movie that is not horror at all, but I'm very glad to get to mention it, fucking Sing Street. Um, Don't know it. You have seen Sing Street. And I when have? I start to describe it, you're going to be like, I fucking love that movie. Sing Street is the movie mm. about the Irish family where the kid, it takes place in the 80s, and the kid wants to be a singer, and his older brother gives him all those like Duran Duran oh, yeah, do albums. Oh, yeah, and yeah, he I do love that movie. And starts the band, and they film like music videos yes. and stuff. They do um, love that movie. <laughs> that's Sing Street. Sing Street fucking rules. Yes. If you love like it's a good movie. just feel good movies and also like new wave music, it's kind of the best mix of those two things. Agreed. Um, it fucking rules. It's a good way to put it. Then <laughs> uh, we've got Wilhelm Blomgren as uh, Pele, or he's a Swedish. He's on a Swedish show named uh, Gusta. So okay. there you go, Swedes. Uh, we've got William Jackson Harper playing Josh. He's in Ant-Man and the Wasp in The Good Place. We've got Will Poulter playing Mark. He's in The Maze Runner. Um, he's an English actor who you would best know for being the Maze Runner. Adam Warlock oh. in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Okay. I'm sure you've seen that video of that guy flying through space with all the, you know, on my way to whatever That's memes. Him. That's him. He's um, He's meme famous now. Um, so there you go. This is a movie. Mm-hmm. With one, two, three, four, five. Five. A group of five friends, four of which are supposed to be American. Only one of them is American. <laughs> We've got Sounds okay. two Brits and an Irish dude. And then William Jackson Harper is our only actual American playing Josh. Because, of course, the Josh is American. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. So, um, yeah, the tagline for this movie okay. is... Let the festivities begin. Okay. <laughs> Won't you 
take a look at the poster. Okay, I already have seen many, many posters for this movie because, as I said, my son loves this movie. Um, I okay, so <coughs> okay, so Josh has sent me. It's just the plain theatrical. It's poster. the regular one. I've seen a few. Oh yeah, so it's a crying Florence Pugh with. The flowers in her hair. Midsummer. Let the festivities begin. Okay. So I say this with science that backs me up that I am 100%. I'm just, I am the ancestry of Viking. My family comes from Scandinavia. That's where we're from. Sorry, you guys. We do some weird stuff when there's too much sun because we're not supposed to be around the sun a lot. And I think that this is going to be a movie um, about the old festivity of midsummer which is human sacrificing people because that's kind of what the norse gods were all about a little uh, what was the movie we saw with christopher lee uh that i said it was like midsummer the wicker man the wicker man yeah <laughs> I, I i i'm getting those kind of vibes um we'll see okay maybe, maybe. Okay, um, we can see this on any of the. It's paper. on. It's on Showtime. Mm-hmm. If you if you have Showtime, you can also rent it. It's. <sighs> it's a movie. It's yeah, a long in. I saw this in the theater. Um, with the kid? No, with uh, your friend Julie, my former boss. Oh yeah. We went and saw this. Um, Midsummer. I keep joking, but it is long as shit. When you watch <laughs> it in the theater, and you're like drinking soda and eating popcorn, and you're um, just ready for. <laughs> You're like, tired. You're like, whew. <laughs> Still going. So, okay. Um, yeah, you can watch this anywhere. Um, this is a solid movie and probably, as of right now, the only Ari Aster film that I can probably show you. Okay. I don't know if you... I, Bo is Afraid is such a weird... I don't know if it would fit with the podcast... Oh, and yeah, there's hereditary. Hereditary, I know of. Got a, I know of. Insane kid death in it. Yep, and I know that's a thing for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, so, nope. I usually get one a year. I get one kid death a year on the podcast. You gotta so be to, careful. To use it sparingly. Yep, and I know about that one because it was so shocking to friends of mine that they were like we understand why you're like that cindy we oh, understand fun fact oh my god I'm like oh because yeah i don't know when i'm gonna drop this fact for you ever in the future because i don't know if we'll do uh, you know with your thing if we'll ever get a chance to really do hereditary or when we'll do it um so i've been to a convention where that girl is mm-hmm. right? and she signs stuff <laughs> she has an eight by ten on her debt on her table of like her decapitated head. Okay. And like she'll just sign it for you. And I was like, it's so weird that you just have that and your mom's sitting there just watching you sign all <laughs> these pictures of your dead ass head laying on the road. Yeah. No, it's no weird. thank you. It's like when you go to conventions and the guy in front of you is like meeting a celebrity and he's like, I wrote this picture of you naked. Will you sign it? And no. I'm like, it's fucking weird, man. Creepy. It's fucking weird. Staring in my eyes while you sign this picture of yourself. Right. I even find it weird when dudes get, like, Playboys and shit signed. I'm like, that's eh, whatever. Yeah, but, everybody like, has their thing. I don't know. It's not our thing, but that's okay. This is, like, a weird tangent we got on, but, like, I, uh, my friend Jeremy saw a dude try to get, he printed out, like, a hundred fake death certificates for what? John Carpenter and was trying to get him to sign them. What? 
with like his birthday and then the death day le- left blank and Joe Carpenter's like I'm not gonna sign these what <laughs> what people are fucking that's weird, man. creepy people are fucking weird well yeah. speaking of weird we're off to watch Midsummer. Yeah, let's do it to All right. it join us won't you mind the doors I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden no you said it would be cool to go yeah, and then I got the opportunity, and I decided Look, I to do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for, like, a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you'll meet in June. Okay, guys. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. I was so very sorry to hear about what happened. I'm sorry. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through? Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Unbelievable. Welcome and happy midsummer. School! What time is it? 9 p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what 9 p.m. is like here. <laughs> How long have you two been together? Just over three and a half years. Four years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? It's like another world. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. What's happening? I don't know why you invited us. That's why you look so guilty right now, because you know. We only do this every 90 years. I was most excited for you to come. We watched Midsommar, even though it was like six and a half hours long. Surprise, bitch. I loved that shit. I kind of figured you would. Oh, damn. I love that movie. Your child loves it, too. Um, Also, this is just a great jumping off point. If Mm -hmm. you're a fan, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, you might be wondering, like, why were the episodes out of order? Um, Nobody's paying attention to Well, this was supposed to be week twos. And what we did was we had recorded the front half early and we were just kind of treading water on it so we can try to watch it with cindy's eldest child who it's his absolute favorite movie not anymore oh now it's was x X and pearl (laughs) get Um, it this movie was incredible but like love 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 so stupid how much we love this movie so it was a thing where like we were trying to figure out a time and to watch a two and a half hour movie between like it ain't easy to do when you've got a working teenager. Yeah, him working, me working, um, summer camp stuff. It was just 
impossible. It was a lot. So we ended up not being able to watch it with him, but... I texted we, him throughout. Yeah, we pushed it back a week because we were trying to figure it out, but we just couldn't figure it out. But, yeah. Yeah. We ended so. up... Uh, it was such a fun movie. I really enjoyed it. So, in honor of this movie, let the festivities begin. <laughs> Why don't you give us a quick overview of what this movie is? So, I think the the plot as it's laid out... I think the plot as it's laid out is... Um, Florence Pugh is our protagonist and she loses her entire family at the start of the movie and her wishy-washy boyfriend who is wanting to break up with her can't because she loses her entire family and ipso facto they end up uh, spending a few weeks in this little commune in Sweden it's one of his friends and they're studying they're studying their commune because it's, it's been thriving for thousands and thousands of years and turns out it's a crazy cult and it's very wicker man once you get to sweden but doesn't mean i didn't love it yep because i did um you want to tell him the ending uh in the so in the end uh everyone's they kill all the outsiders and embrace uh florence Pugh's character as one of them and she finally gets the family that she lost yep uh, more, speci- it's yeah. more specifically, it you find out it's a thing where like the younger, like the the twenties ish college age kids go out to bring recruits because it's like seven people have to die. Mm-hmm. Is it seven? No, no, it's more than that. It's, it's nine. Like nine. I think it's nine. So it's four villagers, four outsiders, and then the last person is picked by the May Queen. The May Queen decides, and um, she's like, "Surprise, bitch!" And it. Is Florence Pugh in a giant flower dress, and she picks Christian instead of the other guy who would willingly have died. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's sewn inside a dead bear. Which is hilarious. And then they're all burned alive, Wicker Man style. Um, <laughs> My people are very, very weird. Yeah. I'm not Swedish. By, by your I'm people, you mean Hungary, where this movie was shot. <laughs> um, I'm not, I, I'm, I need to, I'm not Swedish. My uh, Scandinavian relatives are very quick to point out that like that we are danish and norwegian probably a little Finn. sweden's its own little like it's 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 its own atmosphere it's its own little mm. i don't know why but like in scandinavian countries i guess everybody has to piss on someone and uh (laughs) the extreme whites piss on sweden (laughs) i think that's how that's done Mm, i could see that i could see that um i had a french professor who was from France and mm-hmm. he could never understand why we made fun of Polish people in America. I remember him telling us that in class and he's like, Oh in, yeah. In Europe, it's Italy. Italy. Like we all hate Italy. They make fun of how stupid the Italian, like, like to the point where some of the jokes that I grew up in a very ethnically diverse kind of world. Um, not so many people of color. Well, I mean, no, we had a lot of Portuguese and a lot of Polish immigrants. Like, we, it, it was very kind of ethnically diverse white. Anywho. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of subset white. A lot of the jokes that I had heard for, like, Poland, uh, my European friends had heard for about, no, that's Italy. It's Italy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, there was one about a screen door on the submarine. Uh, like here's that, what that I know. Kind of here's what I know about modern Portugal. They make a lot of bike chains. 
I don't know anything about modern day Portugal. And their French toast equivalent, like the Portugal toast or whatever, there is better than French toast. Remember we had it oh, at that place in Pittsburgh, and it was fucking incredible. I, Portuguese food is very, like, very so good. good. I was very, very, very... I didn't realize how spoiled I was. I, this tiny little bullshit town that I grew up in, we did have a Portuguese bakery, um, and they just did, like, breads. Yeah. And so... Portuguese rolls and breads and oh my gosh. You know what we had? Incredible. What are you reading your Portuguese rolls? <laughs> okay. We had a Domino's and a fucking gas station. <laughs> At one time, Camden, New Jersey. Pepperoni or, rolls, and we owned baby. Riverside, New Jersey was very, uh, it was very, it was a cute little town. Very Portu- Portuguese. Very Portuguese. Very Portuguese. But my generation was the flip. So my sister, when she grew up there, it was very Polish. There were a lot of Polish dissent, and then Polish uh, dissidents. <laughs> we are we were a one square mile town with two parochial elementary schools. I've talked about this before. They have since both been closed, and I was like, oh, because the Catholic Church is shrinking. No, it's for the other reason. Um, uh, my brain, when you started telling the story, just started to fall asleep. You were like Polish. And then you, when you said parochial, my brain went pierogies. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is pierogies time, pierogi time. Yeah, let's, let's just think about that uh, for a minute. Per, so this, this podcast brought to you by pierogies and how fucking delicious they are. Do you want, like, even whiter pasta where it's just filled with mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes rather than any kind of cheese and herb. Good. <laughs> good. Um, okay. So, Yes. Plenty of people die. Yeah, anyway. So yes, that, this... that random story about where I grew up is all to say, uh, what, just, what was I, where was I going with all that? Uh, I don't know. Oh, about how Portuguese, it's t- Italy. And then. <laughs> shit uh, on, I don't know. shitting on white people. Just randomly talking about the shit um, I grew up with. Yeah, I grew up uh, in small town West, Fr- I grew up in Mayberry with a heroin <laughs> problem. I didn't have a heroin problem. My fucking town had a heroin problem, but I grew up in perfect little suburbia. I, tr- I truly grew up in a town that was uh, designed. It was a world war two. You're the town. first person to ever use the word perfect in conjunction with anything involving <laughs> Philadelphia. Well, New Jersey. I like to say that I'm just from East Philadelphia. You know, there's, I don't know. Like if I had to pick, if someone said you could, you can only shit on Philadelphia or New Jersey. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna take Philadelphia. Yeah, you're not a fan of the Phillies. It's um, it's pretty <laughs> terrible. I mean, no disrespect. I think even the people that live in Philadelphia. I'm not saying a word. Like people I know who live there, like I kind of just got trapped here. Like this not is just, saying a word. Like I ended up here now. I can't leave. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the same with Baltimore. Not yeah. Not saying a word. Uh, <laughs> Does anyone move to Baltimore because of their hopes and dreams? <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe did. Okay. What happened to him? <laughs> okay. So Midsommar. His hopes and dreams of walling oh, people guys, in. Guys, we keep getting so off track. Yeah. Full disclosure, I am very tired. And so my brain is going to go everywhere. But it's going to be a fun experience for everyone Delicious. except for Um This movie is, yes... A fucking long wicker man. So fun. With like fun little things. And then you mentioned that Florence Pugh's family dies because her mentally ill sister murders them. Right. By running a a garden hose from the car's Mm -hmm. exhaust to their door and taping it under their door and killing them that way. That seems incredibly elaborate. 
So the sister puts the hose that's attached to the other running vehicle. It's very elaborate. So there's... She, she does the tapes old, it into her mouth. Yeah. So she, the parents are in bed asleep and she tapes it under their door and seals them up so that they die. Because you do just go to sleep. And then she taped hers to her mouth so that there was like vomit everywhere. It was an added layer of like. And then, yeah. And then had done the thing that like every teenager <laughs> has done at some point where it's like, I can't send a just a vague facebook mm-hmm. or instagram mm-hmm. or text message it's like i can't do this anymore mom and dad are coming too so that's how we start we start with florence Pugh. what is her character's name in this danny danny uh danny frantically texting her or no emailing and calling her sister and her parents because her sister sent this ominous i can't do this anymore i'm leaving goodbye i'm taking mom and dad too and she like calls her boyfriend to check in and then you know, we cut to him being like, I should have broken up with her like a year ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he's. So let me ask you this. Mm. You're dating someone in college. <laughs> You're like, ah, I'm not feeling it. Uh, I related so much to this character. It was uncomfortable. Like, you know, we should probably Florence not Pugh's be character, together. Like it's a whole thing. And then. You're, like, sitting around with all your friends and being, like, how do I break up with this person? And then they call you. They're, like, my whole family is dead. And you're, like, uh, uh, I guess we're staying together for a while. Like, I can't. I don't want to add to that. Yeah. So that's essentially what um, the, his character's name is Christian. Right. He's just put in a situation where he's, like, I guess I have to stay I with her I have to now. go hold you while you scream and try to crawl through the floor. Because your sister just murdered your parents. And that's and horrible, herself. but, like, I don't want to be here necessarily. Right. Like, I like do he... out of, like, sympathy, but, like, I don't want to be together. Like, at no point do they feel like a functional couple. Not at all. From the jump, there are, like, uh, he doesn't tell her about going on this trip and he tries to kind of downplay it and trying to just watch them communicate through, well, I, it's fine if you want to go. You just didn't tell me. It's cool. Like, let's talk about it. And him just, no, don't worry about it. I don't care. It was all very like, oh, these guys haven't been good for a long time. Yeah. And uh, then no. he invites her to the trip <laughs> thinking she'll tell. say no. But then she says yes. But without telling the guys until she shows up. He's kind of a dickwad in so many ways. So because of all these little transgressions, I don't think he did anything worth being killed for. Let me say that. He doesn't, he didn't deserve to be killed. Um, However. He forgets her birthday. Thank you. All that stuff. However, this movie to me was, I don't think, I don't think anybody died. I think she was just all trippy. But I feel like this is... The best ending that she could have wanted to have, you know, had this insane tragedy in her life and to have found this beautiful piece of paradise where they love her and will and like want her to be a part of them. And everyone who's ever mean to her is dead. <laughs> like, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like, but... you don't like you kind of say those things. You don't really think it through. But this is like, oh, that's exactly what happened here. OK. Yes. Um, I think she is hurt. Because we didn't even talk about 
the her boyfriend, the Christian character, like fucks that girl. No, oh, yeah, he does. Probably under the influence of like drugs, where he doesn't have a lot of say in the matter. Right. Or he, you could even argue like some sort of witchcraft, mm-hmm. where he ate her vagina mm-hmm. hair. The, drank her, please don't say vagina hair. Her, her vagina hair. <laughs> he ate her, he ate her mound's pubis. Like, calm down, Grandpa. Uh, he, they, yeah. they do this whole elaborate view of a tapestry where it's implied that if you, uh, there's like a spell that they can do, or you, they make you drink menstrual blood, and then you eat pubic hair, and you'll fall in love, or something. There's like a whole ritual, and but like, like it's just kind of glossed over. But then like it starts happening. Yeah, you know, like oh, I know what this. They is. really imply though that like the magic of this, almost tri- said tribe, this like community <laughs> commune is just in the fact that like they drug people. Right. They're like, oh, drink this fucking it's LSD fine. shit, it's fine. and then it's like well, it opens you up to whatever, and now like you're susceptible to like us telling you what you should do and. It's very. This, this is no a movie about a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost the inverse of the Wicker Man. It also the the because I picked up on that as well. Like the they're just kind of drugging everyone to be happy, and I thought it it wouldn't surprise me if this was M Night Shyamalan in a way. Like you've seen the movie The Village, is that right? Mm-hmm. If 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 the end of the movie you had found out that everybody at that commune was there because they had horrifically lost someone. And this was a safe place for them to just get fucking blackout stoned all the time and just be in, in peace. Like a support group. Do you know what I mean? Well, like the village. Because kind of, a support group. Wasn't that what that would happen with them was they had all lost somebody. And so they created this little village where they could keep everyone away from the world. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't have surprised me at all. If, if they were like, turns out, you know, this is just a way of dealing with your grief is to join this commune and just get drugged all the time and, you know, live by these weird principles. But at least you're loved here and you don't have to face reality. I think that's the key. You don't have to face reality yeah. because her reality and most people's <sighs> reality is fucking terrible, but it is reality. Right. Like the problem I have with this movie is the same problem I have with A Clockwork Orange. It's not with how the movie was made. Mm-hmm. It's how audiences interpreted it. Like, A Clockwork Orange came out and was supposed to be this movie that's like, hey, the the evil that an individual can do pales in comparison to the evil that, like, governments and large organizations can do when right. they strip you of your humanity. But it turned into people being like, Alex is fucking cool. Let's dress as Drew. Oh. Let's do this thing. And it's the same thing with like this movie. The where interpretation is it's taken I, on face value. I think a lot. And it's not like film critics as much, but it was like this movie got a whole. This movie is very popular, especially with a certain age group. Like in. <laughs> Namely 16 to 20 year olds right now. Like young and especially like gay kids. Yeah. Love this movie. <laughs> and I'm not telling them that you shouldn't love this movie. Like whatever movie you love right fucking grab on with both hands and love the shit out of that movie um my problem with this movie is it took on like a thing in the internet where it became lumped in with the movies that were called the you know good for her and it's like but it this isn't a good for her movie like she ends up in like full on a member of a cult well after like or 
Or... Sacrificing... Is this like a Jacob's Ladder type scenario? And... Have you ever seen Jacob's Ladder? No, I don't need to. <laughs> and... You know what? No, I haven't. But you know what I have seen? Saying elsewhere. And that, if you recall, ended the same way. This is saying elsewhere anyway, scenario. Uh, it, also, I've never seen saying elsewhere. I just know that's how it ends. Um, it's... <laughs> If, again, if we had pulled back and just seen her, like, sitting in, like, him at the end, catatonic, in, like, a wheelchair. And, they're, you know, they just keep bringing her drugs because she's, you know, so broken from what happened. And all this is going on inside her mind. I'd be like, yeah, I get that, too. <laughs> like, in her head, they all die because she can hear them talking like, Oh my God, why do you still come visit her? You know what I mean? You know what a a really good ending of a movie to compare to this movie is? And it even ends with the main character smiling. And I think oh. it's the same smile. Oh. Is Brazil. Yes. Okay. Right? Where yep. you you have a character who's going to be tortured and then he has this big elaborate like yep, escape yep, yep, yep. and it's this whole thing and then he gets away. And then as he's sitting there like talking the torturers come into frame and then they're like oh we've lost him like we were torturing him and he escaped in his own imagination and whatever Mm -hmm. so you essentially have a person who is staring into the camera smiling who is catatonic and forever lost yes and it's the same thing except the internet saw that and said good for her right (laughs) and i'm like but no no that's what i think that's what i meant at the beginning like this is when you say, you're like, I just want everybody who's ever made fun of me dead. Like, you don't think through those actions. But, yeah, like, that's kind of where we've said she it. gets all, everything she wants. So that's why I think I can see a place where she goes catatonic and he still goes and visits her. And his friends go to pick him up to take him to on, on a trip to Sweden. And they're like, why do you still visit her? Like, oh, my God. And, uh, and she can hear them, but she can't respond. And so in her head, she goes with them on this trip and they all die and she's happy and get, you know, to her, it's a happy ending. Well, yeah, that's my little interpretation, I think. So there's a lot, a lot of interpretations. It's such a beautiful movie. So much written about this movie. And unlike, say, The Wicker Man, which has like, there's a definitive, like, this is what this movie means, I think. Mm -hmm. This movie is just vague enough that people can fill it with whatever they want to fill it with. And um, is Ari Aster the kind of director who like that like thrives on that? I mean, like, I think any director is going to look at this and go, hey, um, if you can f- put yourself in this movie in any way. Do it. You're right. Um, it, it's going to give the movie life. Right. That goes beyond the initial release. And that shit lives forever. I mean, fucking Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Right. Mulholland Drive will live forever because people are always like, what does this mean? How do I interpret this? What is the symbolism here? Like, and this movie is that to a slightly lesser degree. This is a little more straightforward than Mulholland Drive. But it's got that, like, you get to fill parts of it with whatever you bring to the table. Yeah. Which opens it up to multiple interpretations. So um, Steve Rose, who works for The Guardian said that it was a powerful study of grief, betrayal, breakups, and more, suggesting that Danny's three male companions represent toxic masculinity. Yeah. 
right? Um, yeah. And like the, an analog to the Wizard of Oz, like the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion, and the Scarecrow. Okay, I can see that. And that the film may be read as a parable of snarky, city, smart, modern rationalism undone by primal rural virtues and values. <laughs> Being dead by, what was it, 72? Yeah. And they said, um, alternatively, the film could be, uh, the villagers' traditions could be read as far-right white nationalist or eugenicist. Yeah. That's, that's the other half. It's like... Right. Is this just peace, love, and everything, or is this not a whitey in sight? Uh, Alyssa Wilkinson for Vox described it as following Danny's emotional journey through like a fairy tale structure and convention where she loses her family yeah. at the beginning, goes on to become a queen, like with Cinderella and Snow White undertones. That's and, what I mean. And uses foreshadowing with imagery to kind of let you know what's going to happen later in the movie. So, um, and Ari Aster even said, we begin... Quote, we begin as Danny loses a family and we end as she gains one. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so, so that's for, why I kind of thought. Yeah. And so for better or worse, the Harga are there to provide exactly what she is lacking and exactly what she needs in true fairy tale fashion. Yeah. Uh, Monica Wolf uh, said that the Midsummer is a reflection of globalization and American imperialism mm. in the Journal of Popular Film and Television. Okay. Outlining the film's uh, competing ideologies of femininity versus masculinity, academic knowledge versus folk knowledge, and capitalism versus communism. Saying that, quote, the horror of the film is driven by the objectified other's resistance to the imperial power's desire to dominate uh, physical place and own ideological space, but is complicated by suggestion that in this unique case, the other is also a nationalist right-wing power. Ah. Uh, and the tension between mm. home and foreign reflects that of a new Cold War. Um, uh, people wrote about the central sex scene of the movie between that. <laughs> the but, central yeah. sex. Well, I mean, like, there's that sex scene. That I every, know, but it was so creepy. The movie changes fundamentally on that sex scene. Yes. Uh, as being a debate over whether it's rape or not. There's a sexuality and culture article that says that it's quote the ambiguous nature of the scene may be viewed as problematic because it blurs the lines between consent and sexual assault that the film has implications for contemporary understandings of rape particularly of men yeah it's uh, not yeah an untalked about uh population and then i think it's, it's interesting talk about. uh Yus- yusuke narita mm-hmm. the japanese professor at yale uh, wrote positively about the movie, especially the scene where the elderly people jump off the cliff. <laughs> yes. Uh, as an example of mass suicide or mass seppuku, where he claimed that there was the only way to solve it, you know, which he claimed was the only way to solve the aging crisis in Japan. The comments resulted in a major controversy, but also yeah. resulted in him becoming a popular figure among some young Japanese people because he was essentially like, old people should just jump off a cliff. <laughs> Population's too high anyway. Um, but people love this fucking movie. Like, this movie was made for $9 million and made $48 million. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That's a It's banger. the little movie that could. It just kept churning along and making money. I saw this in the theater when it came out. Uh, what? So you think it's the fairy tale thing is what we're... I think that it's... I think it's a comatose thing. But that it that the fairy tale thing, I think, supports my theory. Because... She wasn't an anthropology major. She never really says what her major was or if she was even in college, but she was dating this, you know, these guys are obviously college age. And it would make sense that there's a, you know, a little bit of Wizard of Oz thrown in there or a little bit of Snow White because those are kind of very popular, basic, everybody sort of knows. 
No? No, I'm just so tired. My brain started doing the not a surf popular song when you said that. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think, I don't think there's a wrong answer. Right. Unless you said something like way off. No, base. that's, like, I, I just think I see the fairy tale tropes and that's what leads me to be like, it's in her brain. Yeah. I, you know, if I were to go comatose and draw on the things that I've seen in my life, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I never, wa- I've seen this movie a handful of times. It's not like I go back and watch it all the time, but I've never watched it. Like with my child. the thinking of it's in her head. I mean, I, I want to watch it again now, thinking that to see if... Because everything that she looks at, like that she's in frame for, when she's not in frame, it looks different. So like at the May Queen celebration, there's a sh- shot of the whole table. and the, the shot goes all the way up to her. And the food on the table is all moving weird because they're all trippy and crazy and creepy. And they it looks insane. It's hilarious. Yep. But then when she goes with the on the chariot or whatever, you cut back and it's all like deer antlers and like it's weird items, but they're it's not what she saw at all. Yeah, I I think it's this is a movie about grief and trauma and how it makes you make terrible decisions. Hundred percent. And how oh god when, yeah when you are a person who is like traumatized and hurt, you have no problem lashing out and hurting the people closest. As a matter yeah. of fact. We tend to hurt the people closest to us because it's safer, right? True. Like, in a loss like that, when you lash out, you lash out the people closest to you because you know, like, they might get mad at me, but they're not going to leave. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. But she doesn't have that stability with Christian. Because she's afraid. Oh, I... Because she's constantly afraid he's going to leave. Yep. Because he wants to fucking leave. Like, we know, because, like, we're... The viewer, we're mm-hmm. essentially playing the part of God where we're seeing all, both sides of this. We get the dramatic irony of the situation. He would leave her. Yeah. But he won't because he's like, you know. Oh, he's not know, that big know, a dick. But, His friends want him to be. Um, but he's not but that like, big a dick. Here's the question. Wh- which, is it being a bigger dick to just go along with it? Well, and then look like, going back to my theory because I'm right. Like... <laughs> Pele is like, I'm so glad you're coming. Like, he's earnest that he's glad she's coming. He's like, you know, the more I think about it, like, I'm so glad you're going to be with us. Because he needed a girl. And then... (laughs) He needed a girl to come. Oh, yeah. But then he also, like, when she's May Queen, like, the way he kisses her, it's very passionate. And so it's kind of like... Oh, he is 100% trying to replace Christian. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, hmm. Just, uh, I'm just... Just ticking through things in my head. I think it's interesting, too, that the guy who comes in disrupts everyone's lives. Um, Fox that... Is it, is it Red-headed lady. Maja? I forget her Magda, name. Magda, Magja, yeah. something like that, yeah. Fucks her, like, fucks the, quote, native. Fucks over his the girlfriend, native. depending on how you think about it. Like, it's very strange. His name think- is Christian? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I picked up on... Oh, yeah. His name is Christian. 100%. Uh, yeah. The guy who's like, uh, I mean, I don't want to like hurt her feelings, but like, uh, yeah, I can't fucking do this. I think that was, I don't think that was on accident. I don't think it was either. Um, I I did notice that. I was like clever. "Hmm." And like we were saying, it's like the inverse of the wicker man where the wicker man is a cop who is burned alive because the people on the Island need a virgin to sacrifice. Right. 
to bring the good crops back. This is more... They take a girl, make her, like, impregnate into the May her. Queen, have oh, well, her yeah. bless their crops, and then choose who the last person to be burned alive. There's a sacrificial... the crops are. Right. It, it's about... Hmm. Yeah. Whew. If, if, if it were the Wicker Man straight, it would... Could you imagine if the Wicker Man? If it was the told, Wicker Man, it would be it would have been what I predicted that she would have been yeah. May Queen and then burnt at the stake. Exactly, and that's what like it's enough of a change that like you start watching this movie and if you have any horror knowledge or you've ever seen the Wicker Man, you're like, oh, this is the Wicker Man. If you haven't seen it, uh, the Wicker I, Man is incredible. <laughs> we we ask you to check our last um, season. But there's this thing where like it changes just enough that it. Rose you because yes. even you were like oh this is the I fucking wicker that. man yes i did and then it's like oh no she gets to pick who dies it's she does not the one that dies and he's just like looking at her and that fucking, i think like, that's maybe it. it's the feminist spin yeah. on it you know it, it has that element that wicker man didn't have that it's like mm, it's through her eyes and she gets what she wants yeah mm. i can see that but is that what she wants it's what she needs right now i don't know <laughs> like it's this thing of like she's a severely traumatized person who is under the effect of drugs yes and is like let's fucking kill him <laughs> like fuck that guy i 100 percent think that within the hour she's gonna regret that they'll just give her another pill just give her some more mushroom tea so this is how like, and then pele will fuck her brains out and she'll be like <laughs> what day is it where's christian he's like he'll be back later take more sir no want some I, more tea? I here's the thing i don't think she'll have any problem remembering this. I don't think she's out of her mind. I think she made the decision not because she was high and it was like, I can't, don't know what I'm doing. I think she looked at him and was like, you fuck someone else. You're terrible. We're terrible together. You've hurt me. So let me hurt you back. Yep. But it's one of those things where like, you regret those things. Yeah, you can't take that kind of stuff No, take backsies on having your... A uh, boyfriend or girlfriend murdered, s- sewn inside a dead bear, and then burned alive yeah. with a group of people and your friends that have all been murdered by your new family. family. That that's not named Manson. So there you go. Ironically, um, you lo- I really like this, this movie. movie. It was so it was beautiful. It <laughs> I don't want to say too much. Yeah, I. But there were elements that really, really reminded me of my own family, and I don't mean okay. I don't mean pray for me. I don't mean Danny's family. Pray for I'm me. I'm not saying no. I meant the fucking Harga. <laughs> like that's you had my no family does live like a commune. Like once we got to Sweden, you're like this is very familiar. Like <laughs> I know how my child loves this. It's, it reminds me of our family. Like, really that's disconcerting. That's, it feels problematic. It doesn't happen, but when there is, as, and when there are big emotions like grief, we do kind of all pile in together. And you, you all like sex moan together as someone's getting plowed out on the floor. No. And then no, your mom no, pushes no. the guy's butt as he's having <laughs> that was sex so with gross. That was so the gross. girl. Just no, I just get mean, in there. Get in there. We're very, uh, earthy when we're all together and very kind of just like hang out and uh, raise all the children as one and i'll just be quiet now no you don't i mean i wonder how much of that is 
I think you bring up a good point, though, mm-hmm. because being earthy and like having like a communal take on things and like everyone helps each other out is good. The problem is you can take anything, even something as good as that. Oh, yeah. And have and, too, there's too much of it. And go too far and make it evil. Yeah. Like when they're like, oh, this guy, which we didn't even talk about, who writes our holy books is we just make relatives fuck till they give us like a kid that's deformed. And then we're like, write our holy books because you're untouched by reason. That's fucked up. Yeah. No, we don't do that. Anyway, I just. <laughs> really? <laughs> anyway. Thank you. I'm so glad that's so not glad. a thing your family does in I'm, Texas. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I don't think my family would be that way if we all lived together. Like if we all kind of grew up in the same little town, like everybody loves Raymond style. We wouldn't be like that. But because at most, at the most, we see each other twice a year. Even then, you know, now it's even further apart than that. That is how we behave. We just kind of all pile in together in cars in like one hotel room and act a fool. So my family, when they would get together for a family reunion, used to be, it's different now because everyone's old. Um, It used to be like all my uncles would get together with my aunts and someone would like sing garth brooks songs <laughs> while people just drank beers and it was uh, a karaoke night someone would always bring kfc <laughs> to like a big spread of existing food there was kfc at the last family reunion and we would just like all hang out and bullshit and catch up and uh someone would eventually get mad at one of my cousins or you um not really me because i just kind of was like kept to myself at those things yeah but you know, like my cousins Jeff and Jason would get in like a fist fight or something. <laughs> and then, you know, it things would spiral and it was like a good time, but you could feel like there was a like a freshness expiration date on those things yeah. where it's like, we got like two hours before we just start, you know, we're sick of each other's shit. So yeah. I'm going to hang out and talk to you guys and catch up with everyone. And then I'm going to go spend a little more time with the preferred right. relatives our family situation, we had we're fucking uh, out. Yeah. The most we ever, we did one full week together. No. With no, all no, no, of no, us. No, no. Well, we had a thing. Um, we're talking like two, three hours. <laughs> but even then, I, maybe on a week, maybe it might have been like five days total. But yeah, like by the end, it was like, we need, I need some not but around like, you time, how, please. Not around you. How big are you? Like when, like your mom is one of five? No, my mom was one of six, but uh, when we, <laughs> when I talk about us getting together, I, do- mm. my family is very old and very waspy and there's very like defined generations. So like I, when I talk about me and my cousins, there's like 13 of us and, uh, <laughs> and whenever we do get together, we act like we're like four. And we still kind of like slap each other and moon each other and like or act like silly. And the older generation suddenly become like mom and dads again, rather than, you know, the old people that are just sitting watching TV and our children kind of run around like a big pack. And we kind of, oh, you know, we parent as a group for a few days and it's very kind of commune living and fun. Yeah, my a lot of we do a lot of arts and crafts. A lot we've of we've never done arts and crafts. Oh yeah, again. there's always like, all right, let's create. The kids are going to make the centerpiece. You guys are going to make the, like, and 
yeah. Um, I okay. I was at a family reunion once, and I watched my uncles watch a man accidentally hang the American flag upside down, and they were all just like critiquing him the entire time. They're like, and finally, once he got it all the way up, they were like, "Hey, man, that's upside down. You're gonna have to change that." I once watched my family, um, my aunt, very drunkenly take down her flag because it was we're not military but they were in the boy scouts uh take down their flag off the (laughs) and my mom very drunkenly stood there and saluted or no she put her hand over her heart the whole time yeah (laughs) like that's the kind of nonsense um not the last family reunion but the one before it i watched my uncle gary drink two bottles of wine and eat a whole pie (laughs) And then tell, ask my, me and my youngest brother if you guys want to hear some funny stories about your stupid dad. <laughs> we're like, yeah, yeah. No, we don't do stuff like that. Uh, we just we don't also, talk about the past. We just kind of giggle the, and act stupid. The oldest uncle? Or my they dad talk is, about our, us as kids. My dad is the youngest of nine. Mm-hmm. And all of them had at least two or three kids. And then all of them, except for my dad or grandparents, at least two or three times over. And... I remember the, that same reunion, my uncle Bill, who's the oldest, was like, and my dad, who's the youngest, he, my uncle Bill said to my brother and I, guys, don't take this the wrong way, but I hope when that death shit starts, it starts on your dad's end of this <laughs> and works its way up instead of the other way around. Like, that's our relationship gotcha. with our family is everyone's just like, hey, all right, dark ass humor. Um, but what was your favorite scene, speaking of dark humor, of Midsummer? Um, there, there are like a lot of vivid little m- images, um, the background kind of slowly undulating behind the, each character is always, uh, the end, that end shot of him in the bear suit and everybody just burning and like the two guys just drunk in the back, like, Hey, hi. The, ah! And they start screaming. Drink of the tree of you. Um. I don't know. You I think or something like that. Whenever they jump off the cliff. Oh god. Cuz that's the moment where I think my favorite that's shot. The turn. My favorite shot in this whole movie because I think it's hilarious is she goes first and she jumps and it's this like dramatic moment where you you don't see her fall. You just see it in the expression of everyone right. where they're like some they're watching something terrible happen and it cuts back as she hits the rock and, bounces. and she fucking explodes. Yeah. Um and then <laughs> my favorite shot is when he jumps, they just hold on to him the whole time and, and he just bonk. toothpicks. Yep. And he's still alive. Boop. I called it though, didn't I? Well, yeah, when he falls. I said it's from so this funny. no wait, I need this on I need this recorded. From the moment that they went and stood on the top of that rock formation i was like they're gonna jump they're gonna fucking jump and that guy has a hammer to beat them in case they stay alive and by god that's what happened each one everyone has to hit them it was wild <clears throat> um you would definitely watch this with your eldest child oh yeah um, i texted and talked like we watch it together would you watch this with your mom i don't know i'm curious if she would have the same response i did like the same response of like oh i kind of low-key love this what does that say about us what does that say about us? I don't think this is a movie that would scare your youngest child. I think you'd just be bored. Oh, yeah. No, no. Not like, the youngest. The youngest doesn't give a shit about bored this. Bored as shit. He likes thrash metal. He, like, don't, he doesn't care about this. Thrash metal. Yep. 
All right, next week, what are we watching? Uh, we're gonna, it's the end of the month, okay, isn't it? I did. We've been, yeah. So we're still going to do the movie we're originally going to end with. We are going to watch The Descent. Which the is Descendants? Amazing. No, The Descent. The Descent. When did it come out? Like, one-ish, I think. Or, or, mm, early 2000s. How long is it? It's like an hour and a half. Okay. It had two notches, but okay, I'll take that. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's fucking scary. Um, super duper scary. So the there's descent. That. The descent. Okay. Well, the until descent. then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs> Let the festivities begin.